Forward to El Dorado by Baroness Orzy. Read for LibriVox.org by Karen Savage in June 2007. There has of late years crept so much confusion into the mind of the student as well as of the general reader as to the identity of the Scarlet Pimpernel with that of the Gascon royalist plotter known to history as the Baron de Batz, that the time seems opportune for setting all doubts on that subject at rest. The identity of the Scarlet Pimpernel is in no way whatever connected with that of the Baron de Batz, and even superficial reflection will soon bring the mind to the conclusion that great fundamental differences existed in these two men, in their personality, in their character, and above all, in their aims. According to one or two enthusiastic historians, the Baron de Batz was the chief agent in a vast network of conspiracy entirely supported by foreign money, both English and Austrian, and which had for its object the overthrow of the Republican government, and the restoration of the monarchy in France. In order to attain this political goal, it is averred that he set himself the task of pitting the members of the revolutionary government one against the other, and bringing hatred and dissensions among them, until the cry of traitor resounded from one end of the assembly of the convention to the other, and the assembly itself became as one vast den of wild beasts, wherein wolves and hyenas devoured one another, and, still unsatiated, licked their streaming jaws, hungering for more prey. Those same enthusiastic historians, who have a firm belief in the so-called foreign conspiracy, ascribe every important event of the Great Revolution, be that event the downfall of the Girondins, the escape of the Dauphin from the Temple, or the death of Robespierre, to the intrigues of Baron de Batz. He it was, so they say, who egged the Jacobins on against the mountain, Robespierre against Danton, Hébert against Robespierre. He it was who instigated the massacres of September, the atrocities of Nantes, the horrors of Thermidor, the sacrileges, the noyades, all with the view of causing every section of the National Assembly to vie with the other in excesses and in cruelty, until the makers of the revolution, satiated with their own lust, turned on one another, and, sardanapalus-like, buried themselves and their orgies in the vast hecatomb of a self-consumed anarchy. Whether the power thus ascribed to Baron de Batz by his historians is real or imaginary, it is not the purpose of this preface to investigate. Its sole object is to point out the difference between the career of this plotter and that of the Scarlet Pimpernel. The Baron de Batz himself was an adventurer without substance, save that which he derived from abroad. He was one of those men who have nothing to lose and everything to gain by throwing themselves headlong into the seething cauldron of internal politics. Though he made several attempts at rescuing King Louis first, and then the Queen and royal family from prison and from death, he never succeeded, as we know, in any of these undertakings, and he never once so much as attempted the rescue of other equally innocent, if not quite so distinguished, victims of the most bloodthirsty revolution that has ever shaken the foundations of the civilized world. Nay, more. When on the twenty-ninth prairial, those unfortunate men and women were condemned and executed for alleged complicity in the so-called foreign conspiracy, de Batz, who is universally admitted to have been the head and prime mover of that conspiracy, if indeed conspiracy there was, never made either the slightest attempt to rescue his confederates from the guillotine, or at least the offer to perish by their sides if he could not succeed in saving them. And when we remember that the martyrs of the twenty-ninth prairial included women like Grand Maison, the devoted friend of de Batz, the beautiful Emilie de saint Amarante, little Cécile Renaud, a mere child not sixteen years of age, also men like Michonny and Roussel, faithful servants of de Batz, the Baron de Lesardières, and the Comte de Saint-Maurice, his friends, we no longer can have the slightest doubt that the Gascon plotter and the English gentleman are indeed two very different persons. The latter's aims were absolutely non-political. He never intrigued for the restoration of the monarchy, or even for the overthrow of that republic which he loathed. 
His only concern was the rescue of the innocent, the stretching out of a saving hand to those unfortunate creatures who had fallen into the net spread out for them by their fellow-men, by those who, godless, lawless, penniless themselves, had sworn to exterminate all those who clung to their belongings, to their religion, and to their beliefs. The Scarlet Pimpernel did not take it upon himself to punish the guilty. His care was solely of the helpless and of the innocent. For this aim he risked his life every time that he set foot on French soil. For it he sacrificed his fortune, and even his personal happiness, and to it he devoted his entire existence. Moreover, whereas the French plotter is said to have had confederates even in the assembly of the Convention, confederates who were sufficiently influential and powerful to secure his own immunity, the Englishman, when he was bent on his errands of mercy, had the whole of France against him. The Baron de Batz was a man who never justified either his own ambitions or even his existence. The Scarlet Pimpernel was a personality of whom an entire nation might justly be proud. End of foreword.